generation whose children have gone on and, and, and are now raising their family, I hope I can include you. I hope you can look back and see some of the goodness of God, some of the wonders of the Lord in child-rearing. So you folks who are middle-agers and you folks who are young people, I hope that uh, this will serve as a help to you, and I hope that it will give us all some insight into, I think, a very needy area of family experience. Let's pray and ask God's help tonight. Let's pray and ask the Lord to strengthen us and to give us some insight tonight by the power of the Holy Spirit. I do not have, again, I want to say it straight up, I do not have uh, what, what needs to be said here tonight written down. It's going to have to come from the Lord. And I want you to pray and ask God to divinely intervene and interrupt our thought process and have His own way tonight. Some of us have failed in areas that we don't want to admit it. Some of us have had successes that's due only to the grace of God. Tonight I hope you'll praise the Lord with me. I hope you'll glorify God and I pray you'll pray for your children because this generation is not friendly to them. And let's ask God's help, our Father. I sure wish I knew what I was talking about tonight. I sure wish I was going into this thing feeling real good about it. I wish, Lord, that I could say I have some authoritative position on this subject, but, Lord, I just got to stand here and confess I'm ignorant as a stick when it comes to most of what I'm going to talk about. But I'm going to ask you to teach us tonight and to train us as we enter in to the book and look at God's Word together. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at Psalm 127. It starts, you can have a seat. It starts, I think, with a mandate, and it starts with a mandatory statement. Except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman watcheth or waketh, but in vain. Verse 2, it is vain to you to, for you to rise up early and to set up late to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. I always wondered, why did he stick that verse in there after verse 1 and between verse 3? I was praying, and the Holy Spirit showed me this. The whole context here, he said, it's vain for you to rise up early in the morning and sit up late at night and eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. It is up to the Lord to build the house. I don't care how early you get up in the morning and start out. I don't care how late you stay up at night trying to fix all the woes of the day. If the Lord does not build a house, he labors in vain that sets up or lays down. 
who eats the bread of sorrows or uh, whatever the case might be. The Bible says he giveth his beloved sleep. He goes right back into uh, continuing the context. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. All right? As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Verse 5, happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. Some of y'all are ecstatic. Some of y'all ought to be shouting right there. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. I want you to write down three things in your Bible tonight that I think are three mandatory must-have needs that are met in, that must be met in a child's life for that child to grow, to grow up and to honor God and God's people and especially his parent let me give them to you and take my seat number 1 a child must have and has to have love everybody in here read that with me off the screen every Child needs love. They need to be loved by their parents. I want to say something to you single mamas. We have our number of them. I want to say something to you. It is not about you remarrying. It is not about you reintroducing yourself into wedlock. It is about you loving what God gave you through the power of His will. It's not about your needs. It's not about your future. It's not about what you feel good or bad about. If you're not careful, you can lose in all of your emotional upheaval. You can lose sight that God has given me a gift to love. Ah. They, they must have love. They need unconditional love. i got to say that again with all of my spirit. Unconditional love. Now, they will do things that will make you want to kill them. They'll do things that make you understand why animals eat their young. I used to wonder why will a, an animal turn around and eat its offspring. Somehow it, it took up a abode in a home and learned some of these things. Unconditional love. You have to love them because God gave them to you. Not for what they do or how they achieve. Oh, what a child can do can make a parent proud. But what a child is makes a parent. Everybody wants to brag on, though it's some kind of trophy that they have as a child. Truth of the matter is, they're God's gift to you. God gave me three. 
God let me rear. He let me involve myself with three. He let me have an offspring of three. And I want to thank Him and praise Him that they were a gift to Diane and I. And I would like to stop long enough to thank the Lord they was raised on this side of Calvary and not the other side. I only have the mercy of the Lord and the good grace of God to thank for that, so I'm sure not going to throw any rocks at you because you made mistakes as a lost person. Only by the grace of God that I have the privilege to rear them, and they were God's gift. The Holy Spirit gave me this today. I chose to have children, but I did not choose the children. I chose to have them, but I did not choose them. (laughs) Some of you would like to give yours back. Or at least trade them in for a little while and pick them up maybe at another date. I did not. I chose to have children, but I didn't choose the children I got. They came by way of the Lord Jesus. Now, they were not a mistake. They were not, uh, what is the word? They were not a mishap. They were not accidental. They came as a gift of life from God. Now, if you see them as that, then you got to see them. They're not only yours. But they're in your safekeeping. Oh, God. They're in our safekeeping. God has deposited those children in this church, in your home. And now they are our, our, our responsibility. It is my responsibility to make sure they get the gospel. It's the church leadership's uh, responsibility to make sure it's the right gospel. And it's mama and daddy's responsibility to make sure that they're under the sound of that gospel, that they might be affected by that gospel. Oh, children are an heritage of the Lord. And I'm glad and thankful for that tonight. And they have a need. To be loved. Loved when they're right. Loved when they're wrong. Unconditional love and unconditional acceptance. I could stand here tonight and tell you some hair-raising stories out of my childhood because I, I grew up in a house without a Bible. I grew up in a house without a church. I grew up in a house without prayer. I love my mother and I love my father. My dad's in heaven now. And I have no axes to grind and I have no belly aching to do. I want to thank God I've learned more about being a daddy from a heavenly father than you could ever from an earthly one. 
I cannot blame a man for 53 years of his life was lost. And he reared me according to his raising. And his raising was without Jesus. His raising was without prayer. He came along without the blood of Calvary. And I was reared without that, that foundation. But praise God and the Lamb forevermore. When I was 21, the grace of God rode through my life and the mercy of God stopped by where my lost soul existed. And you wonder why I get beside myself. You wonder why does the pastor act so unruly at times. And some little child said, why is water shooting out of his head? Why does he sweat like that? Why does he preach his lungs out? Why does he spit his tonsils 40 foot, uh, feet to the back wall? Why? I'll tell you why. I was one of those that was supposed to go to hell. I was one of those that was destined for hell. I was one of those who had no deacon daddy, who had no preaching daddy, who had no staff daddy, who had no connection to Calvary. But Jesus just said, uh, no, he won't go to hell. And he reached further down than I could reach up. And I want to thank God for the love the Heavenly Father has shown when an earthly one might have been somewhat ignorant of how to do it. I'm glad the Heavenly Father had a master's degree. <laughs> Amen. A master's degree on loving me. Let, me. let me tell you what I would have enjoyed having. Something all of us ought to make sure our children have in that love process. Ask yourself three questions. Are your children... Uh, are they secure? Loving people make sure that the people they love are secure. I don't want anybody in this congregation to die without God. I don't want to bury anybody with a question mark beside their salvation experience. I don't want to see anybody die and fall off into a Christless eternity. You know why? Because I care about this congregation. I care who comes in here and hears the truth. I care whether or not, when they hear it, that they do something with it. I want to make sure that you're secured with that. Because that's what love does. Is your children secure? Can you hold them and tell them it's all right? Can you hold them and say, though daddy left, mama won't? Can you tell them that it's going to be okay? Can you love on them and say, you don't have to be perfect to be loved by me? <laughs> I never did like anybody who made an A in school. I thought they all ought to be horse whipped. 
for the simple reason I never made one. <laughs> but don't tell your children you're going to love them if they do well. Don't tell them, I, I tell you what, if you just do the best you can, Mama will love you. Mama better love them whether they do the best they can or not. Because they're God's gift to you to learn how to love no matter the result or the achievement or the lack thereof. Are they secure? Have they had the rug pulled out from under them so many times that they think the rug was made to move? Or do you hold them and tell them, no matter what, I'm here. No matter what it takes, I'll stay with you. Are they secure? Do they wake up at night checking to see where you are? Do they wake up at night having nightmares, afraid that when they do wake up, that it's going to be what they've already had to rehearse and rehash in their life, the absentee of somebody else who said they love them? Many children in our generation today have been told, I love you, by somebody who was leaving the whole time. What are they supposed to think? I had a girl on this altar not long ago. I said, do you know that the Father loves you? She pulled back from me. She looked at me funny. And I wondered what in the world I said. I backed up. I backtracked for a moment. I said, well, I remember what I said. I said, do you know the Heavenly Father loves you? I come to find out later her earthly father had done such a number on her that she really didn't want any more of a father's love. No wonder people reject the sovereign God of heaven and the Father of lights. It's because... Their own experience on earth has been one of difficulty. Are they secure? Number two, are they spiritual? Somebody down yonder in a crack house that's got a poor little old child, they may, listen to me, they may have good reason to tell us why their children are like they are, and God help them. That one down yonder that's an alcoholic, they may be able to explain to us why their children are so rampant and uncontrollable, but not us. We have a Bible. We have knees that bend. We have eyes that weep. We have a heart that beats for the Lord's heritage. And I sure am glad to know tonight that we ought to have our children spiritual because we're under the sound of spiritual material week in and week out. I like it when a daddy comes down the aisle with his boy and he said he was saved at home a couple of nights ago. He's making it public in the house of God. Somebody go to church with me right there. Somebody's sitting here tonight saying, Preacher, my children are away tonight. They're not in church. They're away from God. They're away from truth. They're away from decency and away from right. 
I don't want this to be a bad hour for you. I want you to decide tonight to bow your head right where you are and say, Oh, God, in Jesus' name, do something for us while it's time. Are they spiritual? Are they getting in the house of God and getting something out of it? Oh, my soul. Do they feel God? Do you pray with them? Do you pray for them? It's a sad day when a granddaddy prays for his grandchildren more than his daddy or her daddy prays for them. Do you pray that the Holy Spirit will help them? Do you pray that God will touch them? Do you pray that the Lord will use them? Do you pray that, you know, it, it, it's, it's sad, but right here tonight in this congregation, there are teenagers in, in, the, in the house without a parent. Thank God for teenagers that grew up here as children who learned church is the Sunday night place to be. Somebody give Him praise for that. Are they, are they secure? Oh, you can blame the one that left, or you, you, you can blame the work schedule, and you can blame the lack of money, and you can blame all. You, you know, that's packing blame ought to be an Olympic sport to some people. Or you can get up off the mat, shake yourself real good, and say, Baby, come here. I will do everything within my power, and that's all God expects. I'll do everything within my power to make sure you're secure. Are they spiritual? Are they saved? Is Jesus Christ in their heart? And number three, are they special? Are they special? Do you tell them they're special? Do you tell them in a positive way how fearfully and wonderfully made the psalmist said they really are? Honey, you did not evolved from a frog. You did not come from an amoeba. You did not crawl out of the ocean. They ought to go into high school saying, do what? You've got to be kidding me. Ninth graders ought to be able to say, that's not what daddy's Bible says. I'll tell you why most of us want to shut the public school down. We hadn't raised anything good enough to go over there. It is no teacher's obligation to teach your child plus or minus where they came from. It is the one God entrusted them to. Training is at home. There's a lot of training that ought to be done at home and not at church. Mom and daddy ought to be teaching that girl who to date. No wonder you're afraid of who she's going to come home with. You hadn't spent enough time teaching her who to bring. But you want to blame the preacher, the church, for its stand. That's your job, to teach that little girl or that boy what side of right and wrong she's on. It's not my responsibility. I won't take it. It's not mine. I will take the responsibility that's mine, but not that that's ours. I am afraid that some of us have let the love be turned off. And tonight God wants it turned back on.
Every child needs love. Ask yourself, are they secure? Are they spiritual? Are they special? Do they feel it? Do they know it? I'm standing on this side of the cross reminiscing tonight about my upbringing on the other side and I should have went to hell. I should have died without God. Where I came from, there was no high percentages of heaven. That's why I like it so well. When you sang Amazing Grace, to me it's still amazing. Because I never spent one hour in a church nursery. I never spent one sermon in a church until I was 21 years old. Knew nothing about the grace of Almighty God through mercy. And He just chose me. That, my friend, ought to make a child of God Love his Father with all of his heart. How many of you are saved and know it? Can't go to hell and know it. Just leave it up for a moment. Let me ask you a question. Do you know how you got saved? Do you know by what course God brought you this way? He brought you this way by love and mercy and grace and affection. Somebody drop your hands and clap them real good right there. I want you to pray with me, Holy Spirit. Help us love these children. Some of these girls around here have boys, and some of these mothers have daughters, and they need to be loved. They need a preacher that loves them. They need a pulpit that cares about them. They need a Sunday school teacher that loves them. They need a daddy that cares. They need grandparents that that make over them and genuinely and creatively love them. God, I can't change the world on this subject. But could I make a difference in this little place tonight and ask you, while our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if I could ask you right here, right now, to help every one of us in our mind's eye, number one, see how good God has been to love us. And how we were taught love through the cross and through salvation. And now, Lord, how we are to love one another. And how we're also to love our children. Not because of their perfection or the imperfections, but love them just because they're ours. And we'll thank you and praise you.
in the name of Jesus.